but she is obsessed with animals. I don't know what I'm going to do in my house. Like we have so many animals. She taught me to adopt in a bearded, two bearded dragons. And we have two skinny pigs and we have a adopted African frog and an adopted, well, we barely lost an adopted beta that was friends with the, with the African frog. He died and it was horrible. And then, yeah. have, <laughs> and then we have, we have a hamster. And then we lost another oh. dwarf hamster, and now she's talking me to get in a dog. So if I keep on going on this rate, I'm probably just going to end up moving to a farm. Yeah, I'm going to have a zoo before the end of the year. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. so many life lessons. Uh, I'm humbled in the face of true warriors in front of me. Uh, welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast. And <laughs> normally awesome. we talk about Max Dev and Ops, which is a mixture of what IT do these days. Uh, sometimes developer hats, sometimes Ops hats. And now sandwiched in between, we have Sec, Dev Sec Ops. We love to talk about security. Security is everywhere. It's paramount in our minds. And that's why we have a lot of security uh, speakers invited to Mac DevOps 2021, June uh, 9th through 11th. Uh, So get a ticket, join us there, uh, join us in Discord and listen to some awesome speakers, share their time and expertise. And uh, yeah, today we are joined by two fabulous guests. First is Estella. Welcome, Estella. Hello, everyone. (laughs) It's very nice being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. And also, we will uh, talk to our second guest afterwards, but I will just introduce him. Chad, how are you doing, Chad? Hi. Great to be here, Matt. Awesome. everybody. Nice to meet you. And our fabulous co-host back from Super Mommy Duty, Shauna, Shauna, Shauna. Hi, everyone. Missed you guys. (laughs) Nice to have you back. We missed you. Of course. It wouldn't be the Mac DevOps podcast without my irascible, super fuzzy, and beautiful co-host, JD. Ho- hopefully with better audio this week. So <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Today on the Mac DevOps podcast, we wanted to talk to Estella and Chad about how they got into security and what is security these days. It's a big topic. And let's start with Estella. Well, cool. you volunteered to give a, a quick talk, and we are very excited for that. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your tech origin story? How did you get into tech and security? Um, and maybe tell us a little bit about what a day in Estella's life is like. Perfect. Well, um, first of all, my quest actually didn't start as a security person. I actually went to school for computer science, and I had a dream to become this awesome programmer, you know? And you know why? Because I didn't speak English. <laughs> and I did it. I actually learned how to speak English when I was 15. And I realized that maybe one of the only fields that I was going to be successful was one that didn't speak back and that didn't require me to speak a lot, but rather to concentrate in tasks. So I decided to go into computer science. And then I realized that I'm a speaker. I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And, and you know, as, as much as I kept on learning English and I took some classes, I was thinking, where can I go? where I can use my skills and my new language and, and all these amazing skills that I'm learning in computer science. And, 
you know, I, I stuck it out in computer science. I really, really like my degree. I got a minor in um, business administration because I thought I need to know if I want to talk to someone, let's make it, let's make it valuable. Right. And in the mm. process, yes. And in the process, I thought, you know, maybe right. I can discover where I can land. I came across this one book and it was really funny because it was a book from a yard sale. And this book is spoke very briefly about cybersecurity at the time we're talking about like 10, 12 years ago. I was a mom. I didn't really have a mentor at the time. I was in between going back to school. And that book was really my Bible at the time, because when I heard about cybersecurity, it really made me feel goosebumps to know that there's people out there that put on their master hat and their little cape, you know, and it's imaginary, but it's true. And, and what they do is inspect all these little pieces of URLs and hidden codes to discover exactly who is the bad guy, who are you. The actual person that wrote this book was a mom and she got into cybersecurity because her child was being stuck by a predator and she created her own little Facebook page where she pretended to be a, a teenager, got involved with the authorities and partnered up with some cops and she really brought to the table a bunch of bad people, you know? And so she was oh. talking about, you know, cybersecurity is a new a new field that is coming around, you know, I encourage you guys to kind of do research. And I was thinking, hmm, I never heard of that. And at the time uh -huh. I was living in New Mexico, very small town, you know, the best job you can get there is either you can be a bank teller or you can be a teacher. And if you were like me, that you came from a different town, you can probably just be a cashier because there was no places for computer science. So, what town? What's the name uh, of the town? So the town is New Mexico, Silver City. Um, that's where my husband is from. You know, it's an amazing town. I mean, it's beautiful if you want to retire, but really cool. there's nothing to do there other than going hunting and fishing. And, and I mean, it's not bad, but for people that are younger, that want a career, you need to get out of there, you know? So we took a leap of faith. We came to Vegas and I started working, um, doing troubleshooting for advertising. And guess what? There was my first door to go to cybersecurity. Not that I was doing cybersecurity, but I was talking to engineers that were doing cybersecurity, that were using ads to track some behavior, to be able to see exactly who's doing what. And, you know, it was very interesting. After that, I learned how to do digital marketing, and I jumped into digital marketing. And it's still we were doing, even though we weren't doing cybersecurity, but one of the things that we used to always add, ask our ad vendors was, so what is your security like? Who are you selling our data to, you know? And more and more, I was seeing this, you know, it, it, my calling is over there where that specific little Yarsel book took me in cybersecurity. So then I went into this other company and I started working as a support engineer. You know, you, we all have to start somewhere. And I thought, what better place that to start learning? How does this work? And it was a great opportunity. I learned tons. Got me an amazing mentor. He was great. Um, I learned tons of things about C Sharp and, right? I love mentors, you know, for those of you out there that don't have a mentor, get you one. They are just like that amazing little light that are going to get you through anything. And so after that, I became an applications engineer and voila, I was there. Cybersecurity. I wasn't doing cybersecurity. However, I was making sure that our applications were running without flaws. Reporting to our engineers, you know, I, I saw this flaw. I'm able to bypass the 2FA. What's happening with that? You know what, our configuration file might be some kind of problem here. Like, are we intending to pass this information here? Like, can we please take a look at it? And along came CrowdStrike. <laughs> and here I am today. Today, my daily work is that. I put on my imaginary cape. I'm super excited. 
Um, what do I do in cybersecurity? This is where I wanted to be since 10 years ago with that little book, you know. I don't think this is it for me, but it's very interesting and very exciting to work with a company that in a daily basis is defending and it's always in the front line, making sure that people are secure, that our companies are secure. Security is very important. It kind of makes you feel like the good guy going out there fending for those people that cannot have that information, you know. So yeah, that's that's my daily. My daily is making sure, talking to our customers, making sure they know if something needs to be adjusted, let's adjust it. Let's make sure that little net is really tight and make sure that our security is up to date. You know, I am that bridge between our support team, our sales team, and our customer. I do communications in Spanish, partially in Portuguese because I'm picking it as a third language, and. I'm actually able to understand it. It's when the speaking part comes around, you know, but I'm working on that. Usually my conversation starts with like, and we go from there, you know, it's a really good experience, you know, our, our customers in Brazil, kudos to our customers in Brazil. They're amazing, amazing IT people. I have learned tons from them. I hope that they have learned a lot from me, but if they haven't, you know, I always tell them, please tell me what I'm doing wrong because I need to make sure that you're happy with me. I'm not selling happiness, but I want to make sure that you're comfortable enough so that we can keep you protected. That's, that's our job, you know? So my daily is that communication. And since I love to talk, it's a perfect. <laughs> so I'm talking and I'm doing what I love. So yeah, a daily for me is doing what I love, putting on my cape and doing it over and over. That's awesome. You clearly enjoy awesome. speaking. You clearly enjoy speaking and you're so good <laughs> very, at it. Yes. Very eloquent. Very. Thank you for that story. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm glad nobody fell asleep. Yay. <laughs> Far from it. I mean, we always talk about the technical challenges in IT and all the related fields. We're always learning something new, forgetting something and then relearning it. But, you know, these supposed soft skills of how to talk to people these are the real valuable skills, how to be an adult, how to learn, how to deal with challenges, how to communicate. I mean, these are these are real struggles. And uh, um, you recognize opportunities. I mean, those opportunities don't present themselves to everyone. Right. You're going to be successful no matter what you do because of your attitude. It's it's really simple. It's really plain. You know, I really I, love that's got to feel great. That's Thank, feel great. You. Thank you. You know, I like to look at my, my cup. Like I always think about my cup. You know, I always think about uh, that analogy. You know, some people like to see the cup half full or they like to see it half empty. And I'm thinking, what about ice? Let's put some ice on that baby. Yeah, <laughs> Let's make it work. Cup. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Let's make it work. You know, there's always something good coming out of something bad. How do you know something is bad? Because it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, maybe we need to rework it and make it work. You know, so I, I really enjoy that. And today when I, well, when I went for MacDocs, I, I was throwing my leap of faith again, you know, crossing my fingers that I was one of your speakers because it's, it's a great, great um, a, a convention. I follow it for a couple of years now. And I used to always think, man, those people that speak, they, they're awesome. You know, like I want to see myself there someday, you know, so well yeah, we were inspired by DevOps days and the idea that anybody could give a short, quick talk. And we try not to make it into a blood sport. I've seen like other quick talks where it's <laughs> the timer is on and you got to speak as quickly as possible. But to me, I like the idea of having an opportunity and, and everybody has solved 
you know, at least one problem, usually many thousands of problems, but um, trying to encourage people. It's not easy to encourage people to, to get up in front of a camera or to speak. Uh, I mean, to generalize very quickly, a lot of dudes seem to happily go in front of a camera and speak about anything and pretend to be an expert. We're used to being ignorant and silly sometimes, but just to encourage other people and everybody to come up and stand up there and to, to encourage even yet more people. Um, we need to have representation from everybody's, all the groups, everybody, and we need we need everybody to be on camera to, so that uh, you know young kids can say, "Hey, yeah, you know, I can see myself too up there." Yeah, um, it's so important not just to have, um, yeah, one group of dudes in suits or something. You know, it's like um, yeah. dudes in suits sounds like a band. It could be a band. <laughs> I would I would might start that. I, I don't wear a suit, but I could be a ska band or something. Dudes in suits. <laughs> Um, pick it up, pick it up. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Insert ska rhythm right here. Exactly. Well, I mean, uh, it's really great that you you talked about mentors. I mean, you know, having people that will take us under their wing and and you know give us an opportunity, open a door, and help us answer questions. That's you know, how do you find that? How do you find your perfect job? How do you find a mentor? You know, these are not, you know, easy things, but if you stumble into some perfect situation or a decent situation, then that's amazing. And then yet even more than that, having people like Chad here who and us, who are super boosters. We just love and encourage and are enthusiastic. You, you need boosters and you need happy people. And uh, I hope that MagDevOps can help encourage you and, uh, and, you know, help you on your journey. Yeah. It sounds sounds awesome. It's way more fun to lift each other up, isn't it? It's way more fun. It's just a, it, even selfishly, you know, just to right. amplify each other because we're, everybody's going to make mistakes. And, you know, the hardest day, everybody's worst Tuesday is their worst Tuesday. But when we lift each other up, that um, moves everything collectively forward more. And that, I don't know, I think that helps get a lot of us through the rough days. Yeah. All right. You know? One of the things that I found, and it was very interesting through this whole journey, there was many days that I was just stuck, you know, and I was thinking, how am I going to get through this? And when you get out of college, they always tell you, when you're in college, they always tell you, look for a mentor, get your networking going. And, you know, it never really quite clicks until you're out in the real world and you really see the benefits of having somebody that already went through that path, that went through those struggles and that can tell you, you know, that's normal, but this is how you get through it. Or, you know what, that's, that's a new hurdle, but this is how we can implement the plan to get through it. And then we can teach it to someone else. And so I'm a, I'm a, a, a strong believer of either um, being a mentor or finding a mentor, you know, because either you're being one and helping others that are coming around, or you look for one to get you from point A to point B. So when you get there, you turn around and you bring the rest of the people, you know. I, I always tell my children that, you know, if there's something that, you know, it could be literally knowing how to add one plus one the easiest way. Teach it to somebody because just in your brain, it's not going to do any difference. You teach it to somebody and guess what? Now you, you have that process a lot better. And that person that is coming along is going to tell you, you know what? You're, you're doing it way harder. There's something new that you can do. This is how we're going to do it. And guess what? Now you have a partnership and that's how we end up working together. And guess what? Next thing you know, who knows? You may be the CEO of your own company. And what is your company doing? You're changing the world. You're not... The money is going to come realistically money comes and goes, you know, it's, it's the network that you want to do. How are you changing the world? What legacy are you leaving for our next generations? I think that's a lot more important or legacy. Yeah. I mean, I was just explaining to my accountant that, you know, I don't have a Tesla parked in front of my house, but I pay for this awesome conference with the help of sponsors, <laughs> you know, and he was like, 
you should have a Tesla, man. I'm like, mm, yeah, all my money is going into Mac DevOps and that's because I believe in it. And, but I try and make sure that we, we raise money and, you know, we can pay for speakers in the good old days when we had speakers and it was an in-person event, you know, paying for speakers, hotels. And, but, you know, it's such a worthy uh, thing to build this community. And sometimes it does take money and time and effort, you know, trying to get, you know, speakers and people from everywhere and all over and cool ideas and cool topics and to represent, you know, um, and that's, you know, it's a, it's, it can be a hard, <laughs> hard task, but I won't say it's thankless because people do thank, uh, thank us for working hard, but yeah, it's, it's great to build that community. And I love it. I love seeing people come together and, uh, damn my accountant, you know, <laughs> it's like, he's like, Matt, you're crazy. You're not a business person. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm trying, <laughs> trying to, you know, <laughs> change the world trying to change, change the, world. the world yeah yeah the remote scene has probably given you a little wind in your yeah. sales because it, it's more inclusive it's easier you know you don't have to fight the logistics yeah i know it's definitely i i I've, i always hated uh doing the catering so like picking muffins and sandwiches <laughs> and you know and, and i'm 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 a vegan myself so i'd always be fighting with catering people i was like we need more vegan food because there's going to be some and then people would be like no one eats that and i'm like but i do you know you know just arguing about should we have like a vegan muff and i'm like oh man but you know of course you know the booking flights and hotels but you meet lots of people like when you're in it and you work with contractors and salespeople, you work with a team of people and People all work together and you pay people to help you. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit cheaper to do it online. But yeah, it takes a lot more work because we practice a lot because we want to do it live. So making it live, like our, our awesome friend, Felipe, um, he helps us as a live producer. And this year, we've got a backup live producer as well. So because um, Felipe is yeah. in Europe, but it all went off without a hitch last year. But, you know, I mean, this year we're like, we managed to make it work last year, but we shouldn't have an extra backup live producer. And so they're, they've got everything ready to go to take over and we're practicing and smart. I think once it's a a struggle because people (laughs) want to come to Vancouver, right? I mean, that's, that's part of why we go to conferences is to also visit the locations that they're in. Yeah. If Matt was holding this in the back alley somewhere, maybe people wouldn't want to go in person, (laughs) but, but it's in Vancouver. It's pretty nice. There's Matt in his corner going, I'm changing the world. I'm starting a conference. And other people are like, I just want to go to Vancouver and get some ramen, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I have both things going for me. Sometimes people are like, yeah, the conference is cool, Matt, but I also want to know where the ramen is, you know? Or the- <laughs> I think you're doing the Gandhi approach, you know? The Gandhi approach was, you know, you want an independence. Let's do something together. But we got to buy new t-shirts, you know? If you sew this yourself, you can have a brand new t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it all the time, but you made it yourself. You're never going to replace that right. So every right. time that, that people do that, like your approach match, I always think of the candy approach. You know, you're not looking yeah. at the whole reward and a monetary, but the reward of having that pride. You're making you new made, friends. I mean, making right. new friends. See, like Shauna is my new friend. So, you know, <laughs> met so many new friends doing Mac DevOps and JD. We're kind of friends, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, JD is awesome. I was trying to do everything by myself, and someone's like, JD is very organized. He should help you. I'm like, hmm. And then, oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, much hey, better. Much, is, it really changes things, huh? It's much better with JD around. I love him. <laughs> We try we try <laughs> nice because yeah it takes part enthusiasm and lots of hard work too so <laughs> someone has to be enthusiastic right. and then someone has to help execute <laughs> you be the cheerleader i'll be the team organizer <laughs> uh, that's cool wow well, let's let's uh talk to chad chad you've been so patiently waiting in your uh, brady bunch oh, corner this is, this is great 
you know, Estella, your story and, and just so many, you know, with the passing of, you know, some, a lot of uh, the hacking community was affected recently when Dan Kaminsky passed away this, you know, um, this past week. And, you know, it just brings a lot of things to, you know, top of mind, especially around amplifying each other, lifting each other up. And it's not just because I think a lot of people are sick of the cynicism. I th it's, it's just more fun, man. You know, it's, just, it's way more fun, you know, to, to say, hey, that's cool. Then, hey, you know how you could do that? You know, you know how I do that? It, it just gets old after a while, you know, and to, to, to be a cheerleader or be whatever, you know, take, take the grief that comes with it. Because, you know, I get that. I'm an I'm a, you know, enthusiastic person and I've, I've taken my fair share of, you know, uh, abuse on the playgrounds um, of, you know, sure. of childhoods and stuff, you know? And yeah, I mean, at some point it, it would be nice if there was a shift, you know, where it was like hip to be square again, because I don't know about you. I'm ready for it, man. <laughs> this is I'm your, this, this is your moment, Chad. Tell us your yeah. tech origin story and tell us my tech I origin story. You know, it's it, 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 uh, tech or security. Either one. Uh, the tech, the tech one's, you know, probably more interesting. It's, you know, it's lacking. It's not anywhere near as intentional um, as Estella's story. But uh, I was a teaching assistant on, on Mercer Island in Washington, a little island just east of Seattle, um, at a small private school there for kids with learning differences. It's called uh, the Children's Institute for Learning Differences. And this is like 97, 1997. And uh, we had an NTA, the school was funded by Paul Allen, RIP. And so we had a lot of stuff, a lot of Microsoft stuff off the shelf. And we had an NT network. We had, um, you know, no, there was no one to run it. We just had all this great hardware. So I became the ad hoc network administrator. And that wasn't a part of my formal job description. My, my focus, my primary purpose was to basically translate like Iowa State assessment tests, Woodcock-Johnson tests into details that these kids, this specialized audience of kids on the spectrum could relate to and understand because the, the leadership didn't care how we did it. We just had to be able to assess these kids somewhat accurately. They were off the charts and things, and they had been rejected by the public school systems. I think we served like 27 school districts or something in the greater Seattle area. Kids were coming as far as like you know, I mean, these kids were driving two hours a day to get to this school, right? And we had to be able to test them and, and get assessment data in order to subsidize, you know, justify the, the subsidy that, you know, was like, I don't know, 30 some grand a year to have one of these kids in, in the school. It's like, and I work with mostly six to nine-year-olds. They just kind of lumped me in there. And, you know, it was personally, it was very challenging too, because I was born with hyperlexia and so that, you know, it means I can, I have some pretty, some pretty cool things come along with that, but some, there's some other things that are challenging. Like I have to move around pretty much constantly to do my best thinking. And, um, you know, going to that school was like, wow, there was all these little humans running around that were not so much unlike myself. And it was a big, you know, moment of acceptance that I had to kind of go through to serve them. It was, it was a huge moment of acceptance because if I didn't accept some things about myself, I wouldn't have been able to be very useful to my audience. And so it was, it was, you know, as, as difficult as the technology was learning to sleuth all that out, right? Um, especially 
back then, you know, none of that stuff was fair. I mean, NT was a little more solid than, than, than some people remember. I mean, I, I remember it being, you know, working pretty good most of the time, like authentication, all that stuff was pretty smooth. You know, it was some of the other stuff, you know, exploder or I, sorry, I have to break that habit. Internet, explorer. internet exploder. Uh, you're yes. right. <laughs> uh, was, you know, like just, just yeah, active X were a lot of things back then that were just very kludgy. And getting kids, you know, I, I always had a few Macs and some Linux machines in this kind of back closet area. I wasn't, you know, I was supposed to be showcased or up front center, right? Because it was Microsoft money. But the kids, ironically, flocked. They fought over the Macs. Uh, they fought over the Macs. They, they would literally, we could use the Macs to, you know, in, in, in between all of our study, you know, our, our focus on trying to get assessment data. You can't just like go in there with both guns blasting, right? You have to build trust with these kids, right? And and because they, they wouldn't take a test, they work. They wouldn't work up to their capacities if they didn't trust us. Does that make sense? And it was really important that they worked up to capacities because that was determined their future. Some of them, right? And so we had we had to w work really hard and understand. And sometimes you know the technology was was a, a tool and had value. Sometimes it was an obstacle. Sometimes it was in the way, and we would just have to set it aside instead of writing you know like some JavaScript routine that spins up three pain comics or something, we would just, you know, one day it occurred to me, like we had this box that had been sitting in, in that room that had been delivered to us for, I don't know, a couple of days. And I opened it and there was a, a, a copy of flight simulator, you know, the latest, I can't remember what version it was, you know, it was pre 2000, like flight simulator 2000 hadn't come out yet. It was like, Oh, here, here's a tool. You know, we had a student who we'll call him Alex. And uh, he had the whole North American road system memorized and, and something like with rainfall, he had this thing with obsession with rainfall. He could tell you how much rain fell in a particular region on a certain date, you know, like could just do that. We were struggling getting him, you know, uh, to kind of be, you know, really interested, engaged in something. And one day it just occurred, I don't know whose idea it was mine or someone on my team, like flight simulator, you know, Alex has a grandma who lives in Arizona is always talking about, and he's, he knows how long a journey it is between there. Cause he's got the road system in his head, right? What if we got him up in a plane, a single engine plane, and we do all the math assessment through like rate of ascent, rate of descent, fuel consumption, you know, airspeed, like all these things and just translate it. We'll just, we got him captive, you know, attention for like a school day, right? Cause the taking a, a single engine aircraft from say Seattle to Mesa. That's about a school day, you know, roughly, you know, four or five hours or maybe more. And that was the, you know, that was kind of the intro for me, like tech, you know, as a, a usability tool, as an adaptive tool to meet a lot of different kinds of needs. And then certainly the infrastructure side to make that a predictable, you know, and scalable experience. So uh, then I moved to Southeast Alaska and got, you know, I spent several years there. Um, and like mostly infrastructure and stuff for, you know, federal organizations and private research, commercial fishing operations. And, and so that, that was, then that was very technical for a while. And then I kind of swung back and when I moved back to the lower 48, the first time, uh, I was in advertising. So, uh, Stella, I can, you know, relate to that, like, uh, working for an agency building, you know, web architectures for brands we all know and love or hate as the case may be. And uh, uh, the security, I'll tie the, I'll, I'll wrap up really quick and say, you know, I had no interest in security, really. Most of the people that I'd worked with early in the technical part of my career were tough. They were tough. That was a tough crowd, you know, and I, I, I did everything I could do to avoid working with them. And so resilience and, you know, a lot of like Alaska, you know, I have to give credit to my mentors there because everything we built was, uh, you know, we're secondary and tertiary everything, right? Because it's just the geography just kind of dictated that we had, we couldn't always be on site. 
right? There were a lot of like tinkerers around. You never know if someone's going to bring down your whole mesh network or something. And you have to have secondary tertiary systems. So, you know, it was by, by you time until you can, you know, be back physically on site. And, and that was all very attractive when I came back to lower 48, but, you know, it wasn't really that we, it was just kind of, uh, you know, uh, required evil. You know, we did security because it just, it was just required. It wasn't necessarily something we were interested in. I, I know I wasn't. And in, in 2007, I was at that Omnicom agency in marketing. I was a senior systems administrator and some friends of mine called and, 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 uh, you know, these friends, it's important to transmit to you that, you know, they were look that circle of friends of mine at the time looked up to these two. They, they, they were diversified in their businesses, super successful, right? They, they sailed around the world with the kids for a year, you know, like that kind of scene and calls me, uh, says, you know, what do you know about identity theft? We just lost 5 million liquid gone. Like everything that we kind of planned to come back and start our lives again after this trip. And I mean, I'd heard of it. This is like mid 2007. Like when did the iPhone come out? Like late, like late 2007. The iPhone hadn't even come out yet. Right. It's like mid late 2000 or early mid 2007. I'd heard of it, but I had no personal experience with identity theft. You know, we weren't talking about it. It wasn't something that was, it certainly wasn't in the media. And so the next two and a half, then they called me because I was their most technical pal. And over the next two and a half years, you know, I, I sleuthed that out with them. And, um, you know, it, was, it, it happened, it, the origin, you know, the, um, the attack vector was a, a stolen passport in South America about 18 months prior. And the, the, the most heartbreaking part of that story is that there were a couple of things they could have done to prevent all of it, but we weren't talking about it. Right. We weren't, we weren't sharing these stories. And, and, and when that did happen to someone, they kept it close to their chest because they were embarrassed or whatever, instead of, you know, transmitting that and sharing that, you know, like knowing something, I love how you said it, Estella, knowing something and not sharing it is like not knowing it. Right. Exactly. Yes, definitely. You know, something you want to share it. Maybe somebody might use it. It might not be valuable to you, but somebody next to you might say, aha, Eureka, there's the answer to my question. And to that point, there's cybersecurity. You know, that's why I think I loved it so much. I'm telling you, that book just kind of made me feel like if I can pinpoint exactly where the bad guys are coming from, I have a higher chance of keeping my children safe, you know, because I have two kiddos and I adore them to pieces, you know, and just seeing how exposed kids are out there. And, and it's just no kids nowadays. It's all of us. All of us are exposed mm -hmm. because our life is out there. Whether you like it or not, you Google yourself and you're going to be right. somewhere there. You know, you're doing something positive or negative, you're going to be there. How do you protect yourself against anything? And so knowing is right. always very important. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard. I mean, it's not easy being a parent. It's a good challenge. Um, and uh, of course, uh, when your kids are able to understand you and they're, but they're old enough to start doing their things on their own, teenagers, um, you know, they don't always want to listen to you. And uh, so sometimes it's slightly an uphill battle, but sometimes I, I win the, the, the information war with my kids, you know, and I try to, you know, talk to my kids. It's all about having open lines of communication and same rules with kids as with your clients. And with your customers is having the open lines of communication and, and you have to give them the tools like your clients and your kids, you know, right. give them the tools to make them intelligent decisions, you know, and there's different IT styles for IT and security. And, um, you know, whether they let you, you know, run discord on your computer or not is, <laughs> is an IT policy perhaps that we may have run into recently yeah. here. 
Um, but you know, I, I know I always argue that my own clients should be standard and not admins, but then you have to be very close and nearby and have that relationship with them. Other people make their clients admins because they just need to, um, you know, make those decisions by themselves and have, you know, proper guide rails of either you're shipping logs off somewhere or you have some other way to track, uh, security incidents or, just what happened to your hard drive? Why is it empty now? <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, like Estella said, there's this like interesting dichotomy between like, you know, having those interpersonal skills, those soft skills, and then like building trust with people in a way that's very important. Um, I, I don't like calling soft skills soft skills because like I feel like they're not soft skills at all. They're yeah. interpersonal skills, and those things are so important like they're so important i feel like we don't give them enough credit especially in the tech industry so yeah yeah we we paint everybody in the tech industry as being reclusive and you know hiding in a basement and only tapping away on their their keyboard and that's just mad i mean it's not the rest of us (laughs) not in a basement right now Uh. (laughs) that is so funny you know uh, one of the things that 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 is very true my kids always say so mom, I, I can't really explain to them what I do, but one of the conversations that we always have in, in my kid, my daughter says, you know, you don't look like the normal people that does that stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, because I don't have my hair up. And she's like, no, it's just, you laugh a lot and, uh, and you, you scream a lot sometimes. I'm like, that's only to you. You know, I don't do it to my clients. I have to have soft skills. I can do that. And then she says, no, mom, it's just weird. You know, like I, I never picture that. And so as I explained to my kids, not that they're getting older and I can explain to them exactly what, what a journey is in career because my saying in my family, nobody has a career. Me, like our females didn't have a career. We were expected to get to an age, you get married and you find something to learn. You know, you know how to make dresses or you make cakes and you survive from it, which is great. You know, it worked for us at the time. And so when I got into this field, every time I, I try to explain to my mother what I said that I do, I can actually hear her falling asleep in the background like are you almost done <laughs> I'm like mom just put it this way I feel super cool like put on a cape in the morning that's all that matters and she thinks I'm joking and, and I think it's awesome you know because she don't get it but when I really when she finally grasped exactly what it is that that our generation is doing she has that aha moment and things I have no idea what you just told me but I think it's really cool that if somebody steals my money there's somebody that's going to go after them when I call the, the bank. And I'm like, that's right, mama. You can call so-and-so and they're going to put a report and somebody's going to call somebody and they're going to find your mommy one, one way or another. And she was like, oh, that is so good to know, you know? And I told my kids the same thing, you know, like always never delete your, your cookies. At least leave it for 30 days. Let me track them. I explained to them what an IP address is. Like, make sure you don't post anything. Like, you don't talk about this. This is your personal opinion. You are entitled to your personal opinion. Be mindful of your presence on the internet. It, it will never go away. It will follow you forever. Maybe tomorrow you will wake up and you won't feel the same way. Maybe you will not like Justin Bieber anymore. Or maybe you will think that eating ice cream with rice is not cool anymore. And guess what? You are going to be someone somewhere and you don't want something to come and hunt you, you know? It's not like when we grow up, you know? I don't know about you guys, but when we grow up, you thought about something and you didn't post it. You, you shared it with your friends and guess what? Your friends from high school are probably not your friends today. And the ones that are understand that you grew up. But kids nowadays and, and people nowadays are holding accountable for every single word that comes out of your fingertips, every single one of them. And it could be a mistake and it could be a typo and it could be the way that the other person perceived it. And there was your image. 
And there's nothing you can do about it because mm. the marvelous internet will have it forever. You know, it's one of those amazing things. The, the, the pretty little dragon that you pet and love, but when is it going to come back and bite you? The day that your fingertip does something wrong, you know? And I was so- I was sort of inspired by the fail early, fail often uh, parenting uh, strategy. Uh, so I gave my kids uh, iPod touches and I wanted them to start using them at home while we were still there and part of their lives. I said, I want you to learn how to use the technology. So they were starting to use it to communicate with their friends. But, you know, you just make mistakes at home, make early, you know, okay, why do you send the poo emoji to your sister? That's improper communication <laughs> skills, right? You know, but sure. if we could, if we could correct it when they're early or just when they're yeah. listening and have some commentary, then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, now you're on Instagram, now you're on Snapchat, now you're on Discord, now you're on like uh, servers. And so trying, mm-hmm. you know, if you give them a speech about don't post everything online because it's forever, you know, like blah, 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 dad, I'm yeah. not listening to you. Oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> But this has also backfired on you, Matt, because now they yeah, set totally. screen time on your devices and you get cut <laughs> off from, from things. Oh, they're very clever. They're very clever. Yeah, they, they, they put a screen time password on my phone when I wasn't looking because I didn't have a password set first. And so they screen locked me. Um, they set some screen time uh, settings for me and locked me completely down. Uh, <laughs> Papa. He's got his own group of pen testers. Yeah, no, they're, they're testing the security of my network and... Uh, they're 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 very smart. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Every time That's I need something, for. I always call my kids. I'm like, I to the department and they run in. I'm like, which one of you guys is gonna help me with this? Because I have no idea. I don't know how my son did it. He got an old Windows 10 computer that was given to us, completely wiped, and they were like, do whatever you want with it. And we gave it to him. This kid went ahead and got us to buy him After Effects, installed it on that thing. I didn't know After Effects could run in a Windows 10. I don't know how he did it, but he's doing it. And he's running it like a champ. He, so I just had to right. put this extra drive on it. And I just had to do this other stuff to save it temporarily. I'm like, you know what? Do you, do what you do. Just don't be downloading things that you're not supposed to. Okay. I don't want no pirate software in your computer because those people work really hard for what they do. Okay. Yes, and do. number two, if you're going to do something, ask me first. Because just because the link says free, whatever, doesn't mean that it is free. I want to know where you got it from. And other than that, go bananas and he likes it and he loves it and <laughs> i i just gotta give kudos to the new the new generation you know they're amazing with tech we i mean i feel like i'm still always reading what is this and he comes as a mom that's all he does you just press it right here and i look at my husband like did you hear that and i'm supposed to be the one in cybersecurity. what is this about <laughs> yeah there's definitely no fear uh and and you know i think as we get older and have used technology and have actually personally broken technology, except for Matt. Matt never breaks anything. Um, you know, we, there is that fear of if I, if I break this, I have to then fix it. And the kids are just like, if I break it, I'll fix it and I'll just keep moving on. But also when they get really good at the after effects, put them in touch with Matt because he knows all the people in, in BFX. So mm-hmm. there, yeah. there's definitely a future house. career there. <laughs> I would yes. say that, you know, he got himself a few gigs with some, I don't know. You guys probably know this game, the, the what is it called? Uh, Fortnite or something like that? Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Yeah. And he got some. <laughs> he explained these things to me, and I feel like my mom, when I'm explaining something to her, I could see one of my eyes going like this, like, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm still listening because I don't understand what he's saying. I'm like, can you, can you put it in cats or dots so I know exactly what you're talking about? <laughs> and he finally got somebody from one of those teams to, to hire him as, as one of their editors. And he's 14 and he was like blown out of his mind, like, look, mom. And I said, you know, it's great. Have you offered anybody to do some, 
some kind of editing for free? And he was like, why would I do that? I said, for number one, for skills. Number two, for fun. And number three, to build your network. Hello, you're good at this. And he was like, "Mm, yeah, but he's going to pay me. And I'm like, that's great. But you can also learn other things. So Matt, call me because maybe he might be interested. I just (laughs) want him to learn, you know, just give give yourself a little something somewhere. Someone is going to need you. Be willing to go that extra mile. And he's like, oh, mom, there you go with your mom talk. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go now. (laughs) <laughs> building a network is important. I think uh, some of my uh, survive my the cre- I credit my survival at a young age to having a good network. My mom was really good about finding a network of people. Let's join that church. They'll they have some strong people to help us move. You know, or let's yeah. go over here in this new town and like find these people that will help us. And uh, but yeah, kids are kids are amazing. And uh, it's there's so many different disciplines in tech and so many different areas of expertise and. My kid, my youngest, who's in Minecraft, they build like complete factories, and there's potions, and there's multi-step things to build things, and like there's distillation, and uh, it's crazy how complicated. And like, I don't know how she has that in her head. And and um, the other day, I, uh, she played piano for like five minutes, and I was like, "How much time did you spend on your piano? Oh, five minutes." You know, I did my practice, and I'm like, "How many hours have you spent on Minecraft? You spent about ten thousand hours on Minecraft. You're getting very good. <laughs> if you spent ten thousand hours on piano, oh, Dad, like you know, so. what are the coolest?" Uh, most dangerous, most awesome trends in security, and what kind of topics should people be talking about that we're not talking about? Maybe Estella, what what's the biggest topic? What's the biggest area or issue that you think we should talk about? You know, one thing that comes up a lot is actually the willingness to learn new technologies. That right there, I think, is one of the keys because we have so many new technologies that are coming around that are helping us manage our security, but the resistance of some. I don't want to say some people, but the resistance as society that we have for the new kind of make this whole transition difficult. So, yes, we have great engineers and great coders and amazing people that are working on new technologies to to preserve our security. But society doesn't want to adopt them because they are new, because you don't know exactly how they work, because the resistance of knowing, well, my old antivirus used to do this. Why is yours doing this now? Or, or why, why is this one not doing that? Not, not thinking about the fact that we should be working in an environment where it's not just proactive or reactive, but rather futuristic, kind of like having like a, like a crystal ball to see the future. That's exactly where some of these technologies are going. You know, They're trying to see the future. I don't want to be proactive. I don't want to just be reactive. I want to be able to do either one or both depending on the predictability of the future. If we have that kind of technology, maybe the things that we need to see and focus on sometimes is exploring those new technologies. What are they? What do they do? How are they different? Let's try to understand it. Before we try to understand and be understood, let's take the time to really listen to what the new technologies have to offer. I think that's one thing that we need to focus on. How is this changing? Because technology is changing. Cybersecurity is changing. Why not try to change with it and adopt the new changes that come along with it? Excellent. Chad? Yeah, well, I think cybersecurity needs a rebrand, right? I think it's dead. I don't know that it ever existed in the first place. Nice. You know, I, think, I think it's all about uh, how prepared are we, right? I think the future, you know, we, I like what you say about some of the, you know, these new tools um, helping us see further and have greater visibility. That's cool. That has value. But I think the future is that things are going to happen. I think we can always count on that, right? Things are going to happen. 
and on planned things, right? Some of them are intentional and criminal. Some of them are not. Some of them are just good mm-hmm. old fashioned human error. And I think the, 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 it's a mindset, right? To think uh, how prepared am I to respond when something happens, right? To me, that's, that's the future, right? It's, it's not so much prescriptive as, as, as it is um, like inoculation, right? Like a vaccine. We're living in a time right now where it's about being vaccinated against these kinds of things. You know, I'll be vaccinated against, say, you know, incident response when I have a really, you know, nice process and I don't have to worry about it. My team understands their roles in a crisis, you know? Like that will, that will foster confidence in people and it will change the shape of the industry and because, you know, the criminals aren't going to stop iterating. <laughs> you can count on that. That's yeah. one thing that's a, that's, a, that's a known, right? And so everything we build should be around that. I think one, one of the other things is the, the attack vectors are, are changing and the targets are changing. We always used to think that security was for big companies and the big companies have the security folk on staff for the most part. But there's a few that, you know, might have been a, a sleep at the wheel, but small and medium-sized businesses now are the new the new target, and and they don't have the resources for security, and they're not thinking about it because they're thinking, "I'm a little guy. Why why does it matter?" Yeah, I got two companies hit just in the last two weeks with ransomware. You know, the the stuff that I've learned personally from my day job, which is storage and you know, and video people you know, planning for human error and mechanical failure, is also protects you from <laughs> ransomware and massive like you know, it's, you know. There's a lot of crossover, man. That's an important point, Matt. Huge point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody needs a cloud or nearline or a strategy. They need instant response. They need to practice. They need to think about it. You need a plan. Yeah. I work for, you know, kind of a small to medium sized company, and we're actually focusing more on cybersecurity. um, And we're about to hire someone to do that all the time um, because our system administration team kind of, you know, has limited resources as most places. (laughs) So, um, you know, being pulled into meetings kind of more regularly from like executives and people like that, that, that want to know more about what we're doing to secure our networks and, uh, and, and make sure that we have information assurance in place. That's been a super new part of, of my job responsibilities. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I find myself kind of in those spaces and, and also like learning more every day, trying to challenge myself to learn more. But that's what that's what I working in IT is all about, right? It's all about right. learning more, putting yourself in a position where you might not know a ton, but like getting your feet wet, you know, get getting dirty. That's <laughs> kind of what it is. A lot of it's getting dirty. Like I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure it out. You know, that's my take on security right now. <laughs> it's everywhere. It surrounds yeah. us. It's, it's invisible everywhere. around yeah. us. It's <laughs> everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, uh, Estella. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was awesome to get to know you guys, talk to you guys, and laugh with you guys for a few minutes. Uh, it has been a while since I see people. You know, I've been stuck in this for a while. So, look, <laughs> so it's look. nice to it's yeah. nice to see other people. You know, I mean, I I'm a people person, <laughs> and I tell my husband I feel really awkward. I I don't know what I'm gonna do the day that we finally take our mask because I'm a hugger and I'm a people person i'm probably gonna be that one that one person i was like oh get off of me (laughs) don't touch me anymore i'm like we're we're in mute let's hug each other (laughs) i don't know i'm I'm a people person i really like i I like to talk to people i need to get to know people and and this pandemic has been definitely hard (laughs) i think it's hard for everybody 
Yeah, I mean, it's sad that we won't have an in-person conference, but we've done, I mean, JD has done all the hard work with the Discord server and the Discord server for our conference. You know, we really wanted to have a, a venue where people can hang out and talk and the conference is a good excuse to get people together. Um, so hallway tracks are available and important and places just to hang out and uh, and just to talk to people. And yeah, and when we can hug people again or shake their hands or say hi, then we will in person. And uh, yeah, looking forward to... to to seeing you at a conference soon uh, one day, Estella. And I want to thank next you. Time we're going, next yeah. time we're going for the 30 minutes, okay? This time was five. Next time yeah. we're shooting for the 30. You, you can do it, yeah. And thank you, Chad, <laughs> for joining us. Uh, thank, uh, I look pleasure. forward to your talk, too. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great to meet you, Estella, everybody. Nice to meet you, Chad, too. Uh, yeah. Nice to meet Good you to all. See you again. And yeah. thank you, JD. Yeah, you're yeah, as beautiful as you. ever. Yeah, man. <laughs> and Shauna... Also awesome to see you. It's been a while. You've been busy, yeah, very busy with God. school, school. Yeah, school and work and being mom and all of the things. How do we, how do we reach you? Where do we find you on the internet? I only have one stop. I'm not very, very good with the whole Facebook and, and Twitter and everything. I only have a LinkedIn. So if you guys ever need anything, shoot me an email. Let's talk. You need That's a mentor. Cool. I might not be the person, but I can find someone for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's start nice. there. <laughs> nice. Me, uh, resilience.sh is, is my main, my personal blog. I write about people, ideas, and technology there. And uh, kind of sums up a lot of things that are important to me. And usually, usually that revolves around some form of resilience or another. So you can find me there. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Awesome. The Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast is looking for sponsors. Support and encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community by sponsoring Mac DevOps. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. This year for Mac DevOps 2021, our platinum sponsor is Mac Stadium. Thank you so much. They are also sponsoring our Hack Night. This year, a new sponsor, our gold sponsor, SwissFlow AG with their Mac Bare Metal instance. Awesome. Thank you so much. Our silver sponsor is Simple MDM. Thank you, Taylor. You are amazing. We couldn't do this conference without our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by JD Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. I saw the link in your uh, your email and I was scared to click on it because I thought I'd be running a shell script. But, you know, it's very clever, very clever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>